Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House or at Brupolo over there in Tupelo. It would be kind of weird if Brupolo was in Quitman. I wouldn't get that. It could be Brumen if it was in Quitman. Would that, would that work for you? No. Brumen? Brumen would not do well, it Well, Quit me. Brew doesn't work because then it sounds like you don't want quit to make brew? coffee. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to no. make coffee. So basically what we're saying is that Quitman can't have a franchise. That's correct. All right. Well, Meridian, maybe. Bruidian? Bruidian yeah. would be really good. That's good. Business, I think. So we can just tell Antonio McDice he's just out of luck on getting coffees, which is basically what you're doing. There you go. Should have gone to state, Antonio. Wouldn't have these problems. Anyway, Strange Brew Coffee House, wherever you live in our great state, you can get it delivered right to your door. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Whatever kind of coffee machine you've got, they've got a brew for you, including the awesome new K Cups. College Corner and College Corner Store. Com. That's the place to get the best selection of maroon and white merchandise in central Mississippi. When you're looking for something new to wear to the dude this spring, that's the place to get it is College Corner. If you're looking for something for your car, for your home, for your tailgate, for your left-field lounge spot, whatever you want to do to decorate maroon and white, they've got you taken care of at College Corner. Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. I know this week is a little... It's a little dreary out there this week, but guys, you know that spring is coming, and that pa- the patio is going to be hopping at Humble Taco. It's going to be great people and, of course, great food and drinks. Such a unique experience, one you can't have anywhere else. There's no Mexican restaurant like Humble Taco, not just in Starkville, but anywhere else in the state of Mississippi. Next time you're here for baseball, check them out over there on University Drive. It's Humble Taco. When you're looking for a great and easy choice for lunch, I would suggest Firehouse Subs. Firehouse Subs has got a great selection of sub sandwiches. And with their app, they make it incredibly easy to not only get your order in and out and done quickly, but to pile up reward points so that you're eating on their dime sooner rather than later. Locations to serve you in Starkville, Tupelo, Columbus, Oxford, Flowood, and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. We'll talk baseball in the second half of the show. We're going to see what we're going to think about MSU's rotation this week. Obviously, one thing is for sure, but the rest of it, let's let's try to figure talk through that. But we have to start with men's basketball. I feel confident in... All right, now. Okay, now, calm down. I feel confident in saying this. Unless they win the SEC tournament, this team is not going to the NCAA tournament. They're not going to the NCAA tournament, I, 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 They're I, not going I know to the NCAA that, tournament. I, I, I know that. I've, there, there's no need to even preface... I'm the only unless, one that knows that. Unless... No, no, no. Yeah. They are not going to win any big games... They're not. If they do win big games at this point, they're complete as a completely moot point. It's over. You know what's kind of funny? So I December twentieth, I did the podcast of this team's not going to the tournament. Yes, took a lot of heat, and you didn't give me heat, but you did. You said I think he might be overreacting. Yes, and I'm not saying that at the time you were wrong to say that because maybe I was. But now somehow you've become more negative about this I, team. Than I they. told you that last week. I said I you you've now become the person. Let's wait and see. Yeah. No, at a certain point, I just said that's it. That's that's you've it's, reached, it's you've not reached the happen. breaking point. You know, I th- I thought the beginning of the season, I thought at some point things would start clicking for this team. They had the talent, they had depth. It really, it felt like at some point it would all come together. Tolo Smith was going to be out there eventually playing more than 
two games at a time, and it just never has. And this team is what it is at this point, and we 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 are seeing that it's probably not going to get better than this. I, I don't. I, I'm not expecting it to get any better moving forward for Mississippi State. And if there's a big game to be played, that's not somebody with a losing record. This team's just they're they're going to lose it nine times out of ten. Yeah, they're going to lose it. If there's a game that's on, you know, your NCAA tournament hopes are on the line here against a team that's that's a solid team that's not like Missouri that's just you know kind of fluky every now and then they'll compete with somebody if it's a good team if it's a team that's that that can really compete they're gonna lose Mississippi State's gonna lose more well, more often than not tonight was very disappointing there's just no other way around it. this is this a, is a complete dud and th- yeah. this is this is the this is what we've experienced for seven years is that you come in a game like this mm-hmm. and you go on the road and you just lay an egg. Their one win this year on the road was against a 10-win the Missouri team. in the conference. And you won by two points. Yeah, and you scored 58 points in that game. And you scored 56 tonight. Again, in a must-win game, a game you absolutely had to have. State never led, trailed by as many as 19, never was closer than 10 points in the second half, lose 66-56 to a team they beat by 14 a week ago. Or two weeks ago. And that wasn't even that close. That was a game yeah, that I mean, could have been 25 South Carolina went points. on like a 15 nothing run at the end or something yeah. like that. The state had just I mean, let off the gas. Yeah. They were up by 20-plus points in that game. Uh, Molinar has to get a late bucket to keep his double-digit streak alive. Tolu Smith had a good game. 21 points for him. Only two rebounds, though. State was out dominated on the boards. Minus nine there. Brooks, two rebounds? Yeah. Brooks had eight. Oh, my But he only God. had two points. Jeffries four points on two of nine shooting, and State zero of fourteen from no, that's, that's You have been awful. saying you. This is if there's one thing you have harped on throughout this this struggle stretch they've had since they they beat Ole Miss, which I if I'm doing my math right, they, since they beat Ole Miss, they're two and eight. I think that's right. Let me let me let me double check my math there. I don't another example. You, two, that this is a two. stretch you had to have. You had to come up big in the stretch, and you didn't. Two and seven. I'm sorry. They're three and seven in this stretch. Two wins over Missouri and the win over South Carolina at home. Uh, but the one thing you've said over and over again is like if this team could just make three to four or five three pointers a game, they would be innumerably better. Probably more around like five or six. Well, five or six. I mean, tonight they win. They win the game going away. I mean, this team can't shoot. This is a terrible you shooting have, team. You have I harped on this team's offense for weeks, and, and you're and, right. And, it, and you have these people coming in. You don't know basketball. They tell me and you all the time, you don't know basketball. You don't, you don't know lot. anything. We don't go to you for, for that stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe you should. Maybe you should listen more. If you're, if you're sitting there telling me that this offense isn't a problem, you think, oh, the efficiency numbers are good. I don't care. They scored 56 points on the road. I don't care what the efficiency numbers are. This but, offense stinks. I don't. I'll be honest with you. 100% honest here. Offensive efficiency. I don't really know what. I mean, it's an analytic that I don't totally. It understand. means nothing to me. But it means if nothing you're not if scoring you're points. 56 points, right? I don't well, care how efficient they are if you're exactly. not scoring points. If, if you're not scoring, you know, if if you have good offensive efficiency and you're averaging 75 points a game, okay, I can buy into that. Yeah. But if you're scoring, you know. Look at State on the road this year and how many times they've been under 60 points and they've been under 70 points even. I mean, they're just not good offensively. You, can't, you got 21 from Smith. 
You got 11 from Molinar. You got six from Shaq Moore, but that's on two of eight shooting. Cam Carter starts and doesn't score. Brooks gets you two points. You can't have that. Mm. Four points from Jeffries. He was two of nine. I think he got his first bucket late in the second half. Matthews, two. Garcia, five. But three of his points are on the line. And then two from Derek Fountain, the last play of the game. He gets a layup, you know, as the, as the shot clock is, you know, we're 24 seconds left. I mean, it's, it's just that that is – that's a really tough performance to swallow when you knew what was on the line. Yeah. You I had mean, to win out. And you, you thought, okay, Auburn's going to be a real challenge, but surely they can get this one. And they can't. Uh, I, did, I had no hope that they would get this. I really didn't. I mean, when did we change places? Uh, middle of the season, it just really, I, I really started to lose. Can we change bodies? I'd like to be you know, skinnier. For can we do a Freaky Friday? Thing? You don't want to. I mean, you will be skinnier, mm-hmm. but it not. You won't be skinny. So you, I would, still I would be, be willing to settle for skinnier. You'll still be out of shape. Yeah. Just you'll, you'll give yourself a few more years to to pack on some more pounds. When by the time we switched back, you'd have gained 100 pounds. <laughs> I'd have been going to the restaurants all the time, but like, I'm so thin! Been like on that scene on the Nutty Professor, like, just eating cake and ice cream all the time. Before anybody asks, oh, what's the difference in that now? Shut up. <laughs> South Carolina, 94 in the net, by the way. That's now, it. State, look, I mean, this season is all about losses for Mississippi State because they, they have the two good wins. They this beat Arkansas. It's not about wins at all. That's it's not about wins. Well, yeah. But they have, you know, 94 South Carolina. Ole Miss is 106. Minnesota is, uh, where were they? 101. And Louisville is 124. That's four mm. of your losses. You're, you're 16 and 12. Am I right on that? You're 16 and 12. If you had won those games and you were 20 and 8, this, we're not having this discussion. We're talking about Ben Howland did it. We're and talking that's about what's Ben Howland moving forward, and this program is on solid ground. And that's what's crazy. They didn't even have to beat anybody really good to get in that position. Just win those four games that I just uh, listed that are sub-94 and worse net teams. It's just I, I don't understand. I don't understand how this is happening. It's just Ben Howland is a much better coach than the results right now. Yeah. And it just it just hasn't. It hadn't been able to click to get them over the hump and be a really good program. Yeah, they've just kind of hung around the bubble his entire career here, mm-hmm. with the exception of that one, one year. year. Yeah. So I, I just it's Ben Hallen says he, this is a quote from our friend Stefan Krashnik, who's doing a post game as we speak. Uh, ben Hallen says he thinks Mississippi State needs to win the SEC tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Ben, I think you're right. I won't lie to you. Nailed it. Yeah, I think you're you're pretty much at that. Yeah, that's it's over. And so I think you and I both agree. That seems. You know what? We, we won't. I won't speak in absolutes. Only a Sith deals in those. It seems improbable that that will happen. No, it's it's impossible. All I'll right. go ahead and throw that out there. I'll go ahead and give that sound bite. And if it happens, I will gladly have this resurface. It is over. Stop bringing up possibilities for this team to make the NCAA tournament. We have not seen this team go on a stretch where they are winning big game after big game. They haven't done that. So it's not, don't expect it. You can't expect something like that to happen because they haven't, they've never done it under Ben Howland. 
They haven't gone a stretch where they've gotten all these big wins in a row. So don't expect it to happen. And please stop telling me that the offense is good. I'm done ranting on that. Now, you, you know what? You're, you're welcome to rant. It's okay. It's tough. It's tough. You know, high expectations this season. Maybe my expectations were a little too high. You know, I, I told you before the season started, I thought this was a this was going to be like the 18-19 team that was comfortably in and, and was playing for seeding basically the whole year. This should have. I, I felt like that was the case. The national media said this was a good team that will be on the bubble. I thought that was underestimating them, but you know, a month ago, that's where they seemed like they were headed. And then they hit that stretch that we talked about that was going to be so key with all those quad one opportunities, and they couldn't get a single one of them. And then tonight they go on the road and lose to South Carolina. And that, like I said, that's just pretty much that for this team's uh, NCAA tournament hopes. That's that. So That's all, folks. And so now we move on, you know, for real, to looking at hot boards and, and things of that nature. Um, it, it just it seems like a formality at this point. I mean, it, it does. I, I just don't see how you can recover from this. There's there's no step forward. Well, I, I don't You've see how enough. any coach in America, all right, could go through a stretch of one tournament appearance in seven years, uh, unless they just had monster c- collateral. Like Shashevsky could probably do it. Yeah, but obviously he's retiring. But. Like you'd have to have won. like I I, th- ben I Hallen, think they no I think they would here. probably I think even Duke would be like okay let's, we got to do something you need here. to bow out yeah. let's, your time has passed yeah yeah and I, I just I, I mean, don't see a way forward here for Mississippi State the fan base is really frustrated um, they're not say, they're not putting butts in the seats apathy is at an all time high yeah I mean let's, pe- let's, people let's aren't look at Saturday. people aren't that much. Angry mm-hmm. about this team they don't care. as much as they just don't care. Let's look at Saturday. You have men's basketball at noon. Baseball is at two. How many people are going to the basketball game? They're not. I mean, how many people are going to go to that? None. The, they'll have the old reliables there and and the people that are just thousand. that just aren't going to let go. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's not going to be. Students are going to go to baseball. Yes, and they're not going to wait. They're not going to waste their time going to basketball. So I mean, I'd ar- I'd argue that people would would rather sit in the rain yeah. than go watch that. And I mean, I can't blame people at this point. Why would you no. get emotionally invested in that no. and spend your hard-earned money no. going to watch it? I mean, it's just. And some people say, "Well, you need to get behind." The, but nobody wants to sit there and watch that. There, you know. And I, I know if Vic Schaefer is listening, he probably doesn't want to hear this. But I mean, there's a give and take, right? I'll show up, but you've got to be winning. Yeah. All right. Now, Vic Schaefer is right over there, and I know that people don't want to hear that, but his team is winning. People should show up to support them. I get why they don't. They don't care about women's they don't basketball. They don't care about women's Texas. basketball. But this is men's basketball in Mississippi State. It has shown potential to be great to have great support through the years, but nobody cares right now. Mm-mm. Everybody's tapped out. And you know, we'll see who what the the new coach is and what kind of excitement he can bring to the program. But honestly, even in year 1, he's going to have to show and win some games to get, you know, the hump full again. It's not going to You remember Howland's first game, full hump yeah. Because it was Ben Hallen, so name value there. Uh, it was a Friday before the Alabama game, so you had, obviously, a huge crowd in town anyway. And uh, we didn't know it at the time. He didn't play because he was injured. But you thought you were going to see Malik Newman. And women's basketball was playing the first game. It was like a doubleheader. Was there a doubleheader that day? Pretty sure. Okay. Well, then that would have yeah, been it, it was a doubleheader. So they set it up for success. 
And I, I remember that crowd, huge crowd. Yeah. And everybody was excited, like Ben Howland is here. That was probably the biggest crowd they've had it probably since was. he's been here. Oh, first maybe outside of like a Kentucky game. Yeah. But I remember that game and remember the excitement level of like Ben Howland is here, a man who knows how to win. Three Final Fours. This program's about to get things turned around. Mm-hmm. We have Malik Newman, one of the top players in the country. We have these seniors and Thomas and and Ware and 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 Sward. We have these players. Ben Howland's going to make it work, and we'll see what year one brings us. And I, I would say that year one, it's tough to say that he underachieved. It was a total but, rebuild. It was a total rebuild. But at the same time, you feel like the talent was – I thought that they could go to the NIT that year. Yeah. And they didn't. But well, to give – let me give Howland his credit, right? And you've talked about this before. One, two, three – year one, to year two, year three, year four. They got better every year. They mm-hmm. went from losing season to over 500 to deep NIT run to NCAA tournament. Yes. And then after that, it just turned down. Uh huh. Haven't been able to sustain. And hasn't it. hasn't was not sustainable. Yeah. You know, and it was just a one year kind of flash in the pan thing, and it's just not good enough. So that's where we are here with men's basketball. And uh, yeah, what uh, three more games to play? Vanderbilt at home, Auburn at home, and then at Texas A and M. Yes. And that'll and then then on to Tampa in the SEC tournament. I bet they win two out of three here. <laughs> Well, they'll, they'll lose to Auburn for sure. I, I can't. I can't take them seriously to win at Texas A and M. I can't take them seriously to win on the road. A and M hadn't been great. Neither down South the Carolina. Stretch. Yeah, but South Carolina has been. Ole better. Ole Miss is not any good. South Carolina has been better. They've been better, but still. I, I think South Carolina is probably playing some of their best basketball right now. Oh. Frank Martin's probably going to end up keeping his job. Probably so. And he's probably going to get the number one player in the country. That's, I've heard that. I've heard that. So. So anyway. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Remember, whatever recipe, whatever meal you want to plan for your family, beef has a great uh, place in it. So when you go to the grocery store, put beef in the shopping cart. Not only are you making your family happy, you're helping out a lot of your fellow Mississippians. 15,000 of them, in fact. Those are our Mississippi beef producers. Go to msbeef.org if you're looking for information on beef or recipes or whatever it is about the Mississippi Beef Council. You can find it at their website, msbeef.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats over there in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. When you're here this weekend for baseball or any time you're in Starkville, I give Two Brothers my highest of recommendations. It's got great food, great atmosphere, and the people are also fantastic. You always have a good time. You always leave with a smile on your face. Next time you're in the mood for something different and delicious, I would highly recommend Two Brothers Smoked Meats. It's really simple over there at Advantage Business Systems. It can't can't get any simpler. I know everybody offers great products and great service, but it's different at Advantage Business Systems because Advantage Business Systems offers you products that nobody else has. They have products that you need for your business. And then from a service perspective, well, it's just different. It's not a 1-800 number. It's a 601 number. It's not a call center overseas. It's somebody in their office here in the state of Mississippi. It's not, we'll get to you in 7 to 10 days. It's, let's see if we can get out there this afternoon and get you taken care of and get you back up and running. That's the difference that Advantage Business Systems has because they are a Mississippi business. Call them today and find out what they can do for you. That number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. So we saw this weekend with Mississippi State, the starting rotation, Landon Sims, Casey Hunt, Cade Smith. Two out of three, outstanding. Landon Sims looked every bit the Friday night ace. 
I thought Cade Smith was outstanding on Sunday. And, and you know, people talk about Sundays, and sometimes, you know, series are different on a Sunday. I have to think Long Beach State would have wanted to sweep. Because that, that, that's something, and I, I don't know that we mentioned it on the, here on this show, but I mentioned it on Sports Talk. Their postseason resume right now is already set. If they just do well in their conference, two wins on the road at Mississippi State, you're hosting. Because State's probably going to have like a top, top 15 RPI. Top 10 probably RPI. At least. Yeah. So, I mean, you just you just gave yourself a huge uh, cushion there. But three wins would have been obviously incredible for you to have. Yeah, so they I think, absolutely I think wanted it they, Yeah, that, that wasn't a situation of we've got the series and we'll just sort of go out there and play and see what happens. They I think that was State just saying we cannot lose this game. Yeah, I, well, like you and I said, I think they hit the reset button and they were like, okay, that those first two games we can't play like that. Yeah. And then they and they figured it out a way. But Kate Smith was a big part of that. You know, he did a good job of, of keeping their lineup in check, which had, you know, been bet good on Saturday and, you know, obviously had gotten some clutch hits when they needed them on Friday. Casey Hunt was the outlier. Did not have a great start. Didn't really hit his spots. Never really felt comfortable in, in, throughout the game. You know, gave up a, a first inning run and just never felt like he had settled in at any at any point. So let's talk this rotation. Let's start with the obvious question with Casey Hunt and Kate Smith. Are we going to move Cade Smith to Saturday here in Week Two? That's a good question. That's it ultimately falls on Foxhall and his, um, you know, what he wants to do. That would be my Saturday guy. But you know, you you have that short rest. I mean, he's got that would be what f- five six days mm-hmm. from Sunday switching back to Saturday. So I mean, I don't think that would be too much of a concern. Six days. Yeah, it's fine. That would be too much concern to move him. Uh, four today mm-hmm. but you know i'd like to try to get your best two guys on that's that's just my opinion is always get your best two guys on friday and saturday and then piece it together on sunday have a guy that can go four innings or whatever and then the rest of your bullpen can go that's always kind of been my thing and i think that's how they had it set up because kc had been probably their best guy in the fall and in the spring landon sims was not was not pitching that much and uh, Casey Hunt had been one of their better guys. So I think that's how they had it set up. But at this point, I, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you want to just see if that was a fluke and send Casey back out there? I think that's a possibility. Um, and maybe you do that. This might be a good weekend to, to do that, to have him try to get some confidence against a Northern Kentucky, put him out there and, and see if he can go. And if he can't, then is the – Tulane weekend the next, or is that the, Tulane, yes. Okay. You need to figure out the rotation from there. If Casey mm-hmm. Hunt can't get it together uh, next this mm-hmm. weekend, then I think you let's see what Jackson Fristo can do on a Sunday or something. And you sort of, you know, you think back to last season, it took all the way into conference play before they finally pulled Sarantola for Fristo. Remember, Sarantola yes. got the start against LSU and did not get, I don't think he got out of the first inning. Or if he did, it was just he got pulled in the second inning. Yeah. His first or second inning, they brought he in Fristo, and he, he sort of settled things down, and gave State a chance to win that baseball game. And remember, like we, like it was like the last non-conference series, and he went out there and mowed everybody down Sarantola, against somebody like Eastern Michigan or something. Yeah, yeah. and because going into that, we're like, all right, he's got to do it this weekend, mm-hmm. and so he got on track, and we thought, okay, okay, he's good. Yeah, and then he he just didn't have it against LSU, and you had to pull the plug. I mean, yeah. you you can't keep going with that. Side so, note: I'm more interested in Eric Sol- Tarantola's pro career. 
than almost any other diamond dog in recent years. Because I, I have a feeling somebody's going to unlock the, 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 the vault there, and he's going to be a dominant pitcher. Well, you need to be following my minor league updates that I'll have coming in about a month. Available at 24-7 Sports, uh, Jeans Page, whatever you want to call it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think Casey Hunt is so much in the – in that kind of vein, I think he, I think he's going to be more mm-hmm. consistent and more productive I than Sarantola. So the guy that reminds me of Sarantola is Andrew Walling right now. Yeah, we, I want to talk about him in just a second. Let's go, let's go back to Fristo though, because let's still start with the positive. I thought he was very solid on Tuesday. Now look, yeah, that's a bad team. That's a bad team. Really bad team. But Fristo had some moments last year against some bad teams where he just he just did not throw the ball well. Yeah, um, I thought he was he was in the strike zone. He threw That's strikes. the key. That's the key. You know, I thought his velocity, he's throwing 91, 92, 93. So last year you had a couple times he's 94, 95. But I think you sacrifice two miles per hour. And it's not like it's some huge drop-off. And to throw strikes. Mm-hmm. You know, he, Obviously, he, he threw the one pitch that ended up in the, in the outfield for a home run. But, I mean, that happens when you're pitching. Yeah. You know, you're gonna get, you, nobody's going to be perfect. I thought Fristo you know, looked in command. I, I thought he looked confident. Which I think was a huge issue for him towards the end last year was his mm-hmm. confidence. So I, I, again, I don't know off the top of my head. He couldn't have thrown more than 50, 55 pitches. No, I don't think he threw over fifty. And I mean, I could be so wrong you too. You would but think he might get a couple of innings on Sunday this week. Not maybe not could. as a starter, but just a little middle relief. He could. Um, how how I would do it is let's see what let's see what Casey Hunt has. You don't want to mm-hmm. that that you're really messing with the kid's confidence you if you week do that. One. Yeah, in one you week. you got to th- you got to show him that you have confidence in him because he put together a really good fall and spring and I th- I think that was more than anything maybe him being a little jacked up, maybe him being a little nervous getting his first start. It was you know 11,000 people whatever it was, maybe more than that. And I I can understand the jitters coming out for him. Mm-hmm. Let him go out there this week and and see if he can get it together against a Northern Kentucky team that's not going to be nearly as tough as Long Beach State. See if he can get it together. And if he can't throw strikes, if he's really struggling, then then you try somebody else. But see what he can do this weekend. Keep the rotation as it is. And if KC is really struggling on, on Saturday, I would get Jackson Fristo up to come behind Cade Smith probably. Yeah. Did I say Kate Smith was struggling? Like, yeah. Casey Hunt. Right. Sorry. Um, I, I would get Jackson Fristo to throw on Sunday and get him prepared possibly to take on Tulane on Sunday because I feel like that series is going to be really important. There's something about it that just it feels like it's going to oh, be I a agree real with big you 100%, one. Especially with what it's sandwiched between. You're playing USM. That's a game you always want to win. Yeah. And then those two with Texas Tech are huge. And Texas Tech wasn't impressive this past no. week, but it's still a it's team. Still a good team. It's going to be a really talented team. Yes. You, you know that they're going to have talent there. They're going to have good arms. They're going to have a couple of really good power bats. So th- this is a huge five-game stretch, six-game stretch coming up in the next week. Uh, I think you need this weekend. And I hate to – I'm not trying to overlook Northern Kentucky, but I, this feels like a weekend that you start getting some guys primed up and, and ready for some much more important ball games. And then you mentioned him. You know, a guy we talked about some this offseason, you know, Going back to the MLB draft was Andrew Walling, and you know thought it was a big boost for Mississippi State to get him against a team that you know isn't any good. Arkansas Pine Bluff. He threw 16 pitches; 12 of them were balls. Yeah, uh, 
had had you know I think he, he I don't know if he walked the bases loaded. He gave up a couple of walks, two walks. Foxhall comes out, says something to him. He throws two pitches for strikes. They're both outs, including a double play ball to get out of the inning. Then he walks the leadoff batter of the next inning, and he's out. Mm-hmm. That was a I mean, there's no way to describe it. It was a disappointing debut for Andrew Walling. Yeah, I mean, that's the guy that you were counting on to. You didn't know if he was going to start, close, long relief, middle relief. He's He's got all the tools to be a, a legit star in the SEC. He was out there throwing 96, 97, I think, mm-hmm. fastball. Um, he said he's got several, several different pitches. And for whatever reason, he just cannot get that command. And it's like mm-hmm. there, there's always that one guy from Mississippi State. Sarantola. That's got all the stuff. And it just doesn't come together for him at Mississippi State. You know who State. that was at one time? Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff, yeah. And now Brandon Woodruff uh, and Eric Sarantola are two of your of your main examples of that happening. Mm-hmm. And it just always seems like there's one guy that you, – you need that you need Walling to, to step in and get it under control because you don't have a ton of left-handed guys that can come in there. Right. I mean, Pico Khan was the was – the, Let's was the better him. left-handed yeah. pitcher. Looked, looked pretty good. Looked like a guy that, you know, maybe could see a little action this weekend. Yeah, Jackson Fristo believes that he's that he's one of the better pitchers on the team. Throw strikes. If you throw strikes, more often than not, you're going to have success on any level. And what bothers me about the, the Tuesday game is Wallen comes in, and, and I don't know, remember what the score was, 12-1, 13-1, whatever it is. You're not going to give away the game. Just put the ball over the plate. Yeah. And throw strikes, and you know, show some command. And if you if you have to throw, take it down to ninety one, ninety two, like Fristo's doing, so be it. Because it's about getting outs. It's it's not about you know I can. It's not about who throws it the hardest. That team is not going to string together right. five straight doubles. Right. You know, a, a, a they're grand not getting slam. back in the game at twelve thirty one. No. They're done. That and that's what Fristo did. Like you said, he pumped it in there. Yeah. And they squared him up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. They hit they hit one out of the yard. But they weren't doing it consistently, and they weren't going to. That lineup didn't have that kind of power and that kind of ability to do that. So I guess those teams, and that's why Lamonis, you'll see him just huffing and puffing coming out of the dugout Mm -hmm. in in games like that if a guy just refuses to throw strikes. Just just pump it in there. And a lot of times that's easier said than done. I mean, you come in there juiced up and you're trying to – Once again, it's not a law. Right, just because the ball leaves your hand you doesn't have, mean it has to be a strike. I mean, it's yeah, it's not like you can just will it to happen all the time. But um, that you know, a lot of I hear a lot of people talking about you know walks. The walks worry them this year with this team. Last year's team was walking a lot of guys early. They walked like ten guys against TCU. Remember that? Yeah. Was it TCU that they did that or Texas Tech? It was one of those two. Games. One of those two games they 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 walked a ton of dudes. Uh, it might have been Texas Tech. Um, you know, Arkansas, it seemed like every guy that they walked in that Arkansas series came home to score. Mm-hmm. That happened against Long Beach State. When they walked guys, most of the time those those guys were coming to score. So a lot of these guys, it just boils down to throwing strikes, and, and I feel like Walling is one of those. You need him to be good this year, and you need Casey Hunt to be good too, I think. You have some options there at starter, but – you just got to have some guys nail down that weekend rotation mm-hmm. so you feel good about that because mm-hmm. I don't feel great right now about this um, bullpen. I just I, I don't I think, think the there's the first enough. guys you're going to see out of the bullpen are Preston Johnson, Stone Simmons, and then maybe Pico Cone or Jackson Fristo. Yeah, and then the rest of the way they just try to figure it out. 
You know, really, I, I, I like Brooke Auger. I thought Brooke, Brooks pretty, Auger. Brooks Auger looked pretty yes. good on Sunday. I like him a so lot. You could probably see him a little bit. I like Brooks Auger. I like uh, Stone Simmons. I really like Preston Johnson, obviously. I really like Pico. Um, who else? Who did we not see? Uh, we didn't see Cole Cheatham, but somebody said on our board that he had been sick this past weekend. Mm-hmm. He's another uh, left-handed guy, I believe. Um, who else did we not say? Jack Walker pitched a little bit. Didn't have a good first showing, but he'll right. be he'll be fine. Brandon was, Smith not overly good. He was not he was not very good in that first first game. Tepper, Mikey so Tepper he was okay. Yeah. He, th- he threw an inning. Uh, did we see Drew Talley? We didn't see Drew Talley. We saw Cam Tuller. Yeah. He Tuller, didn't have a good Tuller showing. Didn't have a great showing. There's, there's just that, that's why they really need Walling just to step up. Yes. Oh, I mean they don't have the left-handers. They, Mm-mm. they have Cone. The only guys who are probably going to play a, a big, de- big part this year, if they do, if they're good, are Cone, Walling, and Tuller. I see and Pico being a guy that they bring in for a matchup against, a matchup and guy. he's going to be really difficult. Yeah, I agree. For that, that, for that, for that one guy, I agree with that to get a hit off. Yeah. Um, and it appears he's going to throw strikes, which is which is good. But I just, you know, I would I would love for Fristo to emerge as that third starter because I f- there's something about Casey Hunt. I just I feel like he could be a better reliever. Mm-hmm. There's just something about him. I, I don't know if it's the, the stuff. Yeah, you know he's got he's got some really electric stuff. I I, I just feel like he could be a better late game reliever setup or mm-hmm. closer just let or something. Him rip. Yeah, he's got the fastball. He's got a good movement on it. He's got a really good breaker, some good off speed. I just I feel like that might be his role, but I'm, you know, I'm willing to wait and see how that plays out. Um, and I think I think this weekend we're probably going to see those same three. I agree with that. I agree with that, and uh, we'll see what the the weekend brings. Obviously, but I, I agree with what you were saying about confidence. I, let Casey have one more start. Northern Kentucky is a team you know you're going to beat if you do the if you don't give the game away. So let him go out there, let him throw some strikes, and see what happens. Nothing wrong with that idea. Uh, you know, another thing I found interesting uh, talking to Lamonis the other day after the game. I'm just interested in how you how you manage some of these kids. Yeah, their their head, especially because with the portal it, now. It and it works. It, it works differently for all these for different guys. And with pitchers, you know, is it better to work let them work it out or? Is that going to make it worse mm-hmm. for the hitters? One thing I asked him is: Is it you know how do you manage the guy that's struggling? Do you do you want him to sit there and watch? Do you want him to kind of you know take that off his shoulders, or do you want him to work it out at the plate? And you know he said it sucked. It's it's not fun at all. And I you know I've I've asked him to kind of clarify how he approaches that. And is it player to player? He said it is. It's, you just have to know the player. You have to know what their personality is, their mentality, and if they can handle it. And some guys are just in a funk and they can get out of it. Some guys need to sit and they need to watch. And yeah, I agree. I, you know, it's it's just it's very difficult managing that. And for a pitcher like KC, I don't know his personality. You could crush that guy's confidence if you take him out after the first mm-hmm. weekend. Right. But also, if you hold him in and give him some confidence, he might, he might take off. Yeah. So – if there's one thing we've learned, I think Lamonis is the guy who knows the buttons to push. Yes. He, he pushes the right buttons more often than not. Speaking of pushing buttons, last thing before we get out of here, I know somebody that pushes your buttons is who? John Rice Plumley. 
I want. Did he have a five-page no. response to not being cleared by the NCAA? I want to know what your thought. What, what do you think the basis for his waiver was? I, I don't know why people were he like transferred mid-year and wants to play baseball this year. And there's Ole Miss people like the NCAA sucks. What did you expect? What did, what do you you think I this kid's what about he, to go play somewhere after he's just played in the fall? So, that's not how it works. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just I just reported on a story in Choctaw County where a kid transferred. I don't know how in the heck this kid got cleared at Charleston. He was playing at another school, transfers at Christmas, maybe even before then, after playing football and basketball, transfers to Charleston and starts playing. He got cleared. Yeah. How did he get cleared? Shouldn't have. And then today we find out, oh, yeah, he was actually well, – actually Monday we find out, yeah, yeah, he – he did transfer there, so yeah, he's ineligible now, and Choctaw County gets to advance. So, I, in, in what world are we living in that this guy should be able to play after he just transferred? It's just, know. it's crazy. I just wanted to bring him up just to see you react. Oh. I, I know John Rice is a favorite of yours. The right. hashtag, your hashtag, you, you love that hashtag. That hashtag. You know what? I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> I don't, because I'll get, I'll have people in the mentions. I don't want to go down it. Tomorrow's show, let's look ahead to this whole weekend in baseball. <laughs> uh, maybe some other stuff. Let's try to do something fun tomorrow. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a heavy week. It's been some... he- you, you didn't like fighting with me? You didn't like being wrong about Marcus Grant? Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. Why, why has it got to be like That was yesterday's debate. Let's move forward. I'm still a little hot about well, it. Well, you can be hot and be wrong. The only, people, be. the only people that agree with you on that mm-hmm. is Joel Coleman, who can't say no to you. Why can't he say no to you? You've known him longer than me. Because he feels a bond to you, and he feels like he can't disagree. We're With me, you know, we've had we've had a cross moment before. Uh-huh. I broke the seal on Joel Coleman. I think broke the seal. What are you like an angel? What? Is and then Robbie Falk broke the seal at the place called Armageddon. Not that kind of seal. You know, like a seal. And like then Joel somebody. Coleman blew his trumpet, <laughs> and a voice cried out, "It is finished." Like, what are we talking about? You broke the seal. You know, like, whenever, like, <laughs> you know, like, if you're drinking and you, like, go to the bathroom and you break the seal, like, uh, that kind okay. of seal. Like, Joel had all that, Joel was holding all of that, you know, aggression are inside. Joel a streak of, you know, is that what you're calling him? <laughs> Joel had all that aggression on the inside, and I was the alcohol that. <laughs> you're like the emperor. Use your aggressive feelings, Joel. <laughs> all right. Joel, and, and for all those out there, Joel is a is a fine Christian man that is finest. that does not drink alcohol. I did does not, not mean to use that as a uh, analogy, <laughs> but it just came across that way. Oh my god, unbelievable! But before we leave, Chicken Sword greater than Marcus Grant. All right then. Talk to you guys tomorrow for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.